A stu stu Studio D production. Two pieces of pizza and an ice cream cuck cup. I'm <laughs> ice cream cuck. cuck. <laughs> it's a totally different story, different night. We'll Whoa. get into that later. Um, <laughs> I want you to not be like, here. <laughs> that's not even a word. So I'm no, like, it is. Cuck. It's something cuck. sexual, and I don't know what it is. is I can't it, remember. Is it a shortened thing? Isn't for, it like it's a, shortened for cuckold? Okay. Yeah. But uh, that hmm. I still don't know exactly what it is. It's like your cuck means the, or something. Or? No, cuck means. The, Sit down. I want to tell you a story. everyone welcome to effed up family story time i'm salem and i'm hannah and here today we have jess hello and bell hey yeah How, how's everyone doing we... yeah <laughs> undecided <laughs> not yeah. decided yet i'm undecided <laughs> Yeah, I'm doing all right. Mediocre. Doing all right, because everyone's here, and I like it when y'all come see me. Yeah. Yeah. Weather has me like, bleh. Yeah, it is kind of gloomy and cold I today. I love it. You're dumb. <laughs> well, I'm dumb too then, because I love it. You like it? Oh, I'm the kind of person, you know, in the summertime, people are always talking about, oh, it's such a beautiful day, I just want to skip work. And I'm the one that's like, oh, look. It's gonna rain all day. I just want to stay home and read and yeah. skip work. Like well, I'm I, yes, yes. No, I I like skipping work when it's cold outside, but it's because I'm like, oh, it's so gross. I don't want to leave the house. That's pretty much <laughs> how I feel too. <laughs> Mine is because I love it. I am so sensitive to heat that I fucking hate summer. See, I and I am so sensitive summer. to cold. I'm the opposite. Like yeah. I can't. If I'm even a little bit cold, my entire body tenses up, and I have practiced like breathing through it and just be. My entire body tenses up to the point that I'm just like <laughs> it hurts, and then I start shaking. I, like I will. I'm that person that will be like uncontrollably shaking <laughs> because it's cold, and I'll be trying to like. <sighs> Uh, it's okay. I'm fine. No, it's fine. No, it's fine. We can finish the cigarette <laughs> until I get drunk, I and then I'm fine. Then well, I'm like, oh, it's yeah. hot. Yeah, I've decided that this year I'm going skiing to hopefully. Oh God, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I've decided. You're gonna nothing, dislocate your good knee. That's fine. Then I won't go skiing again. But I'll know. <laughs> I know. I'm just waiting for the call. I she know. Blew her knee I out. have insurance then... again. Ah, <sighs> uh, okay. You can go then. So. Oh, we'll be fine. As long yeah. as you're insured. Hell yeah, I'm yeah Kyle's insured. been working extra hours so he can pay for those medical Hell yeah. Bills. No, I'm excited, actually. It should be scary and fun. Let's let so, Salem tell her story and get to the break. I got to pee. Uh-oh. I, I mean, I'm telling... I'm, like, road trip telling you. So, like, this is, like... <laughs> I'm road trip telling like, you. This is, I like, pee. next rest stop we need to stop. Like, okay. fair no... Like, Fair warning. Okay. Yeah. Does it, that make sense? The road yeah. trip. That made, you, yeah. made perfect sense. I've it's just never analogy. heard it put that way. I, I like know because I just made it up. It's great. <laughs> well, then I guess we can get into the story if we would like. So um, before we do get into the story, I want to say we're here recording episode 72. Thanksgiving is looming in the near future and we are going to take a break for the holidays. So um, this is going to be the last <laughs> I episode. I thought you meant you right hear. now. Me too. I was like, <laughs> oh. Me too. I was like, wait, what? Already? <laughs> We're done. 
Bye. <laughs> um, no, we're going to take a break. So uh, we're going to take a week off for the holidays. Um, we'll be back after Thanksgiving. But in the theme of Thanksgiving, you know, this time of year always makes me think of family. And so I thought maybe we would have a family-oriented story. So I am going to tell the story of Ronald Gene Simmons, Family Annihilator. And if you could all see the look on Salem's face, (laughs) you would be able to know. You would be able to know that it may be about family, but it's not about a happy family, is the feeling I'm getting. Nope. Not me hearing Gene Simmons and thinking. Thank you for bringing that up like, because what? the first thing I did was look up Gene Simmons to see if maybe this was like a, an influence on his name. Because Gene Simmons, the rock star from Kiss, yeah. it is not his real given name. And it, it he actually, it's funny, his given name is Haim Witz because he's Hebrew. He, oh, that's what I was going to Not a ask. good I rock star that. name. No, not a good rock star name. Um, but he actually chose the name Gene Simmons because he liked uh, an old like blues singer named ah. Jumpin' Gene Simmons. Oh. Nice. And I looked up Jumpin' Gene Simmons, and he has a song called Haunted House. And it made me laugh so hard. I want to play some of it for you now. <laughs> so did... Any- I'm, I'm glad to know that Gene, that singer Gene okay. Simmons no, did not was, name himself after a family no, annihilator. No, he was wholesome. A yeah. Jumpin' Gene Simmons is wholesome. I, so what is the Annihilator's real name? I've lost track Ronald, of Ronald, Ronald Gene Simmons. Because I thought of Richard Simmons, too. And I sweat into the oldies. Oh. Wait, Salem knows. I don't know. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. the kind of short guy with the curly brown curly. hair that he would wear, kind of like an afro. And he'd, he get, just, and he'd always wear the short, short pants shorts, and the like, tank stripes. Oh, sweat, yeah. sweat with Sweating to the uh-huh, oldies and yeah. shit. Yeah. I Even though his name was Roger or whatever, the R, I was like, Richard Simmons? <laughs> Richard Simmons is a family annihilator? And, and he, they still so let him make all those videos? Did you know, this is a Gene Simmons fact here. Um, <laughs> this is, so, you're, you're not going to get to tell your story, so it's no, just going to be facts. It's just going to be facts now about Gene, all about Simmons Gene Simmons and Richard Simmons. No. And jumping Gene Simmons. And jumping jumpin Gene, Gene Simmons. Simmons. Oh, um, so there's this uh, this manga uh, from Japan called Detroit Metal City that's about like this guy who wants to be in a pop band, but he ends up being in like a death metal group and he hates it. And Gene Simmons loved it so much that he's in the movie of it and oh, it's yeah. really funny he's in like only a little bit of the movie but I think he helped produce it or something it's very funny Gene How- Simmons I think is actually a pretty funny guy yeah when did that movie come out the it's uh, I don't know like 2010 ish okay. okay all right you guys ready yep Do yeah. you have just a bit of this haunted house Do I moved in a haunted house? How many times have you listened to this? <laughs> <laughs> Just once, actually. But I read the lyrics, and the lyrics are actually pretty funny. Um, All right, guys. So okay. I just moved into my new house today. Moving was hot. But I got squared away. But bells started ringing and chains rattled loud. 
I knew I'd moved into a haunted house. I stood right still, and I did the freeze. And he did that stroll right up to me, made a sound with his feet like a drum, saying, you'll be here when the morning comes. And he says, say yes, I'll be here when the morning comes. Sorry. That was dorky. (laughs) I loved the dramatic reading, and I loved the... Very mild accent you developed by the second verse. Okay, this is where it gets creepy. From out of space, there sat a man on a hot stove with pots and pans. Say, that's hot, I began to shout, and he drank a hot coffee from the spout. He ate the raw meat right from my hand, drank the hot grease from the frying pan, and he said to me, now you better run, and don't be here when the morning comes. But I'll be here when the morning comes. Beautiful. It's fun. Yay. All right. One of, one of the best dramatic readings I've ever experienced. <laughs> you haven't experienced too many dramatic <laughs> readings, have you? So that's just a taste, everyone, of what you're going to see when we um, start our new side podcast where we read <laughs> plays. <laughs> that's it, where we read. <laughs> but we don't even read out loud. We just read. We just read. And we, so all you hear is like, like pages turning. Ca- yeah, pages turning and the occasional like a, <laughs> some, some breathing. Maybe not even pages turning if we're all reading on our Kindles or iPads. <laughs> Every now and then you might hear like a what? <laughs> or like, wait, who is this guy? Oh, shit. Oh, I gotta what, go what back to the chapter two. I don't remember him. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right, but now after all of that lightheartedness, we're going to talk about something kind of serious. Ronald Gene Simmons. We're kind so of a good dick. at doing that. We are. We're going to start with Ronald Gene Simmons when he was a child. He was born July 15th, 1940 in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, his parents were Loretta and William Simmons. And at the age of three, his father, uh, Ronald's father, died. And shortly after, like within a year, his mother, Loretta, remarried to a gentleman named William Griffin. He was an engineer that worked for the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. And after they were married, the family, in 1946, the family was moved to Little Rock, uh, stationed there by the Corps. And then there were many transfers after that. So over like the the upbringing of Ronald, he was moved to various places all over Arkansas. When he was 17 years old in, in 1957, he dropped out of high school and he joined the military. He joined the Navy and his first station was at Naval Station Bremer, Bremerton in Washington. And this is where he met his future wife, Bursabe Rebecca Ulibari. I've tried to practice this, but I'm not didn't do a very good job. Um, and she went by Becky. And the couple they dated for a little while, and a, a few years later, in 1960, they got married. And so by this point, they were in New Mexico. I don't know when they moved to New Mexico. He met her in Washington sometime in like two years. They moved to New Mexico. And that's where they lived for many years. And over the course of 18 years, they had seven children. 
Ah. I know. Over uh. over 18 years. So like you got to think about how far apart in age the oldest is from yeah. the youngest. Well, well I, I can't read that do wrong. too much judging in, about that. It's written <laughs> as in the following 18 years they had seven children. I don't know how oh. far apart they were. It wasn't like the last one was born 18 years. But still, even if you have them back to back. Yeah. Okay. It's just a lot of kids. Their first I'll just I'll just name them in order of age. So their firstborn was Ronald Gene Simmons Jr. He was born within a year of them getting married, so he was a honeymoon baby. It sounds like. And then he was followed by Sheila Marie. She was a couple years later. And then after that there was William, Loretta, Eddie, Marianne, and Rebecca Lynn. As they're raising the children, Ronald is working in the military, and in 1963, he leaves the Navy, and about two years later, he joins the U.S. Air Force. So during his 20-year military career, Simmons was awarded a Bronze Star Medal, the Republic of Vietnam Gallantry Cross for his service as an airman, and the Air Force Ribbon for excellent marksmanship. And when he retired in 1979, he retired with the rank of Master Sergeant. So he had a pretty yeah. good military career. You know, people like that you think are upstanding members of society. But you also have to remember that that career spanned Vietnam. Yeah, that's one thing I thought. He's seen some. He had seen some shit to get those medals. He had had to see, see some shit in his. Yeah, um, I mean, service. he got that specific Vietnam mm -hmm. one, like so, and that can fuck with a person. Not that it, there's any excuse to kill your whole family. No, there's but, never an excuse. But I am saying that, like, the trigger could have been, like, there were a lot of things from Vietnam that would not be tactics we would use today. Yeah, so there were a true. lot of horrific things that soldiers saw. Yeah. Totally true. So I don't know if that led to any of but, this or if this, if he just I, had yeah, the nature I mean, in it, him. Yeah. He, well, he could have had the nature and it was triggered by this PTSD. You never know. Like never the mind know. is so crazy. Also, because this is a very hot take, I'm going to say that most people in the military probably have this in their nature and it's just buried deep, deep down. Well, because they should <laughs> be okay that, going off yeah, to war yeah. and, and killing people. Yeah, <laughs> you're right about that, actually. They have a yeah. different constitution. That could be a sense of duty. It doesn't have yeah. to be a, well, but like, like being, a desire being to in kill. the military but... and especially being part of a war, you are so desensitized to killing more than the average oh, civilians. Totally. Because you kill people. Mm -hmm. Like whether yeah. or not it's because of like a civic duty or because you think you're doing the right thing, you still kill people. Yeah. <laughs> well, you True. get used to it. Yeah. It's so as you're sad just, like, as it is. Like if you think it. about a war, like if even World War One, World War Two, soldiers who span the whole thing. Yeah, they got, how many people had did they kill? Probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you get used to it. And if you don't have a sense of morality, of understanding when, I don't want to say killing is okay, but when it's understandable, let's say yeah, that yeah. maybe understandable, you have to have that sense of morality to understand that versus just killing all the time. Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, there's not a morality test that people can't lie about yeah. you can't test someone's morality so, yeah because if they're immoral they'll just, they'll lie. just lie about it yeah. <laughs> yep but anyway he did have a lot of honors in his military service he served for about 22 years altogether, if you count the navy 
and he retired November 30th, 1979. So over the years while he was in the military and they lived in New Mexico, they lived in a town called Cloudcroft, New Mexico. Simmons had developed a relationship with his oldest daughter, Sheila. Yeah. He had a sexual relationship with her and I feel uncomfortable calling it a sexual relationship. Let's call it what it is. Child abuse. And it was child abuse. No, I'm just sexual I'm, assault. Sexual assault. He had. <laughs> but it was but it was in the I mean, I'm not saying yeah. it wasn't abuse, but they had like he in his mind, he had a relationship with his daughter, not he prob- just he probably groomed her. So yeah, he, exactly. So it didn't seem like. He was but forcing yes, he was himself to him. To him. I'm did. sorry. I don't mean that to seem like. No, no, no. no. I but know. if they're but if they're underage, yeah. it is sexual. It's abuse. a sexual. It's, I mean. it's abuse if they're underage, and especially if they're your kid. If they're yeah. your, <laughs> and if they're adults and your kid, I feel like that's still. It's just BS. disgusting. An incestuous <laughs> relationship with his daughter. I mean, it there, was disgusting. There we, <laughs> there we go. But that she maybe thought was okay, but No, I don't he... think she thought it was oh, okay. okay. I think she was afraid. I mean, I think she was just like most people who are in that situation maybe didn't understand at first, and then right. when she started to figure out, she was afraid to say anything. But in uh, 1981, she became pregnant. Mm. And during this time, somebody in the neighborhood, I don't know if it was one or multiple people, had reported them to the authorities because it was routine that Ronald would kiss Sheila goodbye in the mornings. No. Like outside on the, and it was more than just a little kiss. It was a ro- like a romantic kiss mm-hmm. goodbye and the neighbors had witnessed it and so they reported it and then shortly after that, Sheila had confessed to her school counselor that she was <laughs> pregnant and that this relationship was going on with her father. This abuse was going on with her father. Bless you. I'm so sorry about that enormous sneeze. It's going to happen again in a second. I mean, it is a relationship. <laughs> you held that one in. I tried. <laughs> I mean, it is a relationship. It doesn't necessarily mean. Yeah, but I, I mean, think calling it a sexual relationship, yeah. it can be inferred as yeah. consensual. Right. So calling it an incestu- incestuous relationship, yeah. I think is better. Cause like, well, yes, I was, an abusive, brain, sexually yeah. abusive relationship. Well, and yeah. I was, I and I was just, cause Salem corrected herself after she said the relationship. And yeah. I was like, I mean, I mean, is, because it was it a, relationship. a relationship. It was an ongoing situation. I mean, yeah. relationship doesn't have to mean happy. No. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a relationship to the door across from me. <laughs> like if you think about That's it, right? True. So relationship is just a word. Yeah. Yeah. So, but she confessed to her her school counselor about what was going on. And then she refused to press charges. And they had to actually threaten her with contempt of court, which I don't think was exactly legal. But they I've seen a lot of law and order. I think They basically (laughs) coerced her to testify in, in front of a grand jury. And that is when they indicted him. Oh, so, but I, from what I've seen, I on, guess, oh, sorry. No, you started first. I was going <laughs> to say, I guess this was 1981. So maybe the, the, uh, health of the victim wasn't as big a deal, but like she was a minor, mm-hmm. like she, she didn't want to press charges. She, she was afraid and they coerced her. But as a minor, can't 
the state just press charges? Yeah, I don't know why she had uh, yeah, to testify. I am curious about her being a minor because I know, I mean, again, this is all coming from Law and Order SVU, which I have been binge watching a lot recently. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I have a real but experience. If, yeah. if for, so, just so her her th- her fake experience will be backed up by a real one, guys. <laughs> okay. Like, I'm pretty sure that they can compel witnesses to have to testify. Yeah. And if they don't, then you can they can hold you in contempt of court. But yeah. I don't know how that works for minors. For compared minors, to, like, yeah. Adults. Well, most minors well, these she, days, I don't know about 1981, but most yeah. minors these days, they prefer they don't testify because they don't want to put them through that trauma. Mm. So they will have, like, recorded interviews with them with specialists to and use those instead. And it's sad that I know all of that. But what I was going to back up with my real story is I actually served jury duty on a case where the victim did not want to press charges. So the state did. And this was an adult. So the state did. So it's weird to me that they wouldn't press charges. Well, it sounds like, though, you said they got her to testify in a grand jury and got an indictment. A lot Mm -hmm. of a lot of times they won't press charges if a grand jury doesn't indict. So maybe... And for the maybe purposes. they needed and that. maybe yeah. they thought the grand jury wouldn't indict if she didn't testify. Well, and like you can't com- you can't press charges if you don't have a complaining witness. And so she's the only complaining yeah, witness. Yeah, the neighbors like, witness some inappropriate kissing, but there's no real evidence of that and that's not enough to necessarily charge him with yeah. with sexual so, abuse and child abuse. And it's so. not entirely true cuz the domestic abuse case I sat on, she didn't want to press charges, so the state did. They had to subpoena her, and then, according to her, she had a brain injury since then that caused her to forget, like, a three-month period that conveniently included this incident. So I don't know why. So, like, so that's the thing. They still pressed charges and took this guy to court and put him through a trial. Yeah. And in 1981, things were a lot less good well, in the justice we, system. Before we get hung sorry, up on sorry, this, sorry. I'm going to move on. Salem. So 1981, April of 1981 is when all of this began. In June of 1981 was when Sheila gave birth to her daughter. Becky agreed to, was forced basically to raise the child as their own. So basically they, they passed it off as one of their children. And in late 1981, when Ronald got wind that they were looking to indict him and they were investigating him for all of this, he packed his family up in the middle of the night and he moved. When the police showed up to um, arrest him, he was gone. They didn't know where he went. They entered his name into the National FBI database as like, you know, missing fugitives, whatever. And that was that. America's Most Wanted. I'm just imagining Ooh. his face on that. So the family fled the 80s to and Arkansas, mm-hmm. back to Arkansas, where Ronald had lived as a child. Okay. Most criminals will return to a place they feel comfortable. I watch too much TV, too, Hannah. <laughs> and it all blends together, like, because yeah. I watch a lot of documentaries, but I also watch a lot of fiction. And so that it, sometimes I'm like, wait. Do I know that's real for sure, or did I just see it on a TV show and it might be real, but it might be totally made up? Like, where did I see that? Like, all right. So they moved to Arkansas, and it, they were kind of like moving around a little bit for a while until they finally settled down in Dover, Arkansas, which is in Polk County, which is just south of Searcy County. Oh, so what? yeah, I know it's actually really close. It's like an hour drive from. 
Marshall. So, (laughs) which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's in the same direction that Snowball was, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For listeners who may not know what we're referring to, we have family from Marshall, Arkansas. Yeah. So this is why, but in the 80s, that's why we notice it. Yeah. (laughs) This was in 81. In the 80s, most of our close family didn't live out there. It was more of our extended family. By then. Yeah. Yeah. So they weren't there when all of this happened, but it's really close to home, like (laughs) their home. By Snowball, Arkansas. (laughs) That always made me laugh. Yeah. (laughs) Snowball. So it was the summer of 1983. They found a place that was on a 13-acre tract of land about six and a half miles from the town of Dover. And it was out in a remote and dense wooded area uh, at the end of a rutted red clay drive. It was two old mobile homes that had put to, had been joined together uh, to form one larger home. And the entire place was barricaded like a fortress with cinder blocks and barbed wire. Um, There was no plumbing. There was no telephone. The driveway was dotted with several large no trespassing signs. And then Simmons named his Castle of Squalor Mockingbird Hill, and he named the driveway that led up to the house Little Princess Lane. Ew. Isn't that kind of gross? I completely forgot the other comment I had since you said that. <laughs> sorry. No, don't be sorry. I, that just sounds like very Arkansas. Just the description yeah. of like, that. I'm like, I'm for sure we've driven past something similar to that on the way like, to Marshall. He's what gives people from Arkansas <laughs> a bad name that makes them think they're inbred. Yeah. Like, which, throwing it out there. Most of them aren't. I double checked and made sure my family didn't marry cousins and stuff because <laughs> no, I had to not. know. We're not inbred. We're not no. inbred at all. But yeah, <laughs> it's all a myth. But, like, it's all a myth. He really... royalty's more inbred than Arkansonians oh, are. Oh, totally. Except for maybe this guy's family. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? But well, I mean, so, they are inbred. They have a child. Well, but now I'm wondering, incest. like, what kind of other relationships is he creating with his sons and daughters? Like to, you know, like who knows what weird shit's going on. Yeah. And I don't know about the other children really. So, um, they did say, like, I did read that the children weren't really, other than Sheila, the children weren't really abused, but Becky was abused. Mm. She was beat. She would often be seen with like bruises on her face and stuff like that. So I remember what I was going to say. He really didn't want to be found, is what it sounds like. Like, he built a fortified homestead in the 80s. Yeah, he really didn't want to be found. It's exactly right. He I don't was know hiding why. from the law. I keep imagining, like, I keep imagining, like, 1940s Arkansas, but I'm like, no, this was the, the 80s, 80s by the time he did that. Like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. So, but you Arkansas were... is still like that. Alive? <laughs> 81 zeros born. <laughs> but Arkansas is still like that in some areas. Oh, with yeah. like yeah. How homes that are like thrown together, people oh, that totally, don't yeah. want to be found, yeah. some places that don't have electricity and plumbing and shit like that oh, yeah, still totally. to this day. But, and it's and usually a choice that a person wants usually, to live that way. I mean, Arkansas is a pretty depressed state. But I but think most people a lot could of, at least have electricity uh, and plumbing. Have, have a, yeah, exactly. They could have a trailer in civilization with electricity and plumbing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> people choose to live out in these areas where it's Which, not even accessible. I mean, and there are places in Colorado that are like that, too. It's, I would love but, like, to live in a place like that, honestly. <laughs> But not because I mean, we're I would want hiding plumbing, from the law. No, I would want yes, plumbing. Too. I wouldn't want it to be my castle of squalor. No, 
I kind of low-key love that name. But it's, um, but, it, but if it's accurate, that's gross. Fair enough. Right? Oh. Does squalor mean gross or does squalor just mean really poor? No, squalor means filth. Oh, maybe I read that oh. wrong. Simmons called his castle of squalor Mockingbird Hill. Oh, so he oh. didn't call it a castle. You called it a castle like, of squalor. I thought it, I I said thought, it wrong. I thought he was I, like proud. That's why I was kind of like confused. <laughs> this is my castle of squalor. And I'm like, that, like he said. that, that made it extra <laughs> gross to me. Like, And then the road of princesses or yeah, whatever. Then yeah, then he was happy gross. with that. But... Like the front yard was full of junked automobiles up on blocks, and there was like various stages of demolition scattered around the home. There, you know, it was kind of a junk. It was a junked up place. He obviously didn't care. He did a lot of sitting on the couch and drinking beer. He did a lot of like, you know, people. One of Sheila's friends when they lived in New Mexico was quoted to have said that he just sat on the couch and drank beer all day or he would hide away in his room, which was always Dad? dark and he smelled Dog. and, <laughs> but okay. So he was just a bum. Yeah. And it, I mean, he did have jobs, but um, various jobs that he worked, but he also had put the kids on the job of digging like a cesspit in the backyard because they oh, didn't have right. um, plumbing. So they, the kids dug basically a pit for them to shit and piss in. I'm guessing they didn't go to school anymore. They, you know, I heard mixed things. I don't think that they attended school as regularly as they should, but they did go to school. Okay. And to, I would think he wouldn't have sent them so that people wouldn't know they about them. truancy him. laws in the 80s, though? Maybe Not that's really, why. I don't think. No, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. But if they don't know they exist, That's they live true. on then this remote can. place. Like they could have just taken their kids there, and nobody would know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But so that's why I'm surprised they went to school. Yeah, but they did. They did go to school. So, um. And then in 1983, Sheila became pregnant again. No. By Simmons. Ugh. Which he at this point he took her to have a secret abortion. Ugh. So she did not have to have another one of his children. Um, but shortly after that, she had talked her father into allowing her to go to a school. And I'm not sure. I think she was still in high school, but it was like a different school than where her siblings were. And it was kind of away, like in the town, away from the family. And while she was there, she met a man named Dennis and they, they developed a relationship. She eventually felt comfortable enough to tell him like everything that was happening to her and around this time, the oldest son, Gene, had moved out. Or no, Gene, I think, lived with them. He had a relationship with another woman, but they weren't married and they had a child. Billy had moved out and gotten married and they had a child. Uh, Sheila went to her father and told her that she was going to marry Dennis and she was moving out. And... At this point in time, Becky had also tried to leave him many times, but never really succeeded. And she was talking about leaving him. And um, so something along all of this kind of sent him over the edge. Everybody's talking about leaving him. Because yeah. if Becky leaves, she's probably taking all the underage kids with her. Yeah. And when Sheila left, he tried to then replace her with Loretta but Loretta was at that point she was very independent she had not been groomed like I'm sure Sheila was mm -hmm. and she would have nothing to do with it so she spurned all of his advances so he was kind of you know floundering at this point I think feeling like everybody's leaving him and he's losing control he also like 
Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, like, as an outsider, this dentist that she met, she told him everything. How does he not go? Like, I feel like if somebody came to me, and I guess I can't say for sure how I'd react in any situation, but I would like to think that if someone came and told me that story, I would go to the police and be like, look, it's fortified. He's here. But these children, they don't have electricity. They don't have plumbing. Go save these kids. Yeah. And it's not even so much the no electricity, no plumbing, because I'm sure there were other kids that lived in sim- like in sure, the 80s sure. in Arkansas that lived in similar. It's more just the abuse. And well, they weren't really getting abused. They were watching their mother get abused. But he's what he did to Sheila. What's, why wouldn't you think he wouldn't well, do that to somebody? Well, and he immediately tried, tried it with, with Loretta. Loretta. Right. Yeah. And like forcing them to dig their cesspit and it just sounds like there was a lot there wasn't a great family made it not a good place for kids to live like and and in the 80s social services existed and they you know like they would come and investigate but also remember sheila did not want to testify against her father in the first place and she was coerced into it so maybe she didn't want to and maybe dennis respected that i don't know maybe But at this point, you know, during all of this time that they lived there, Ronald had had a few jobs throughout town. And one of them was, he worked as an accounts receivable clerk at Woodline Motor Freight. And he ended up having to leave after numerous reports of inappropriate sexual advances. And then he went to work at a Sinclair Mini Mart for approximately a year and a half. But he quit in December of 1987. And by this time, the people that lived in the house had been reduced to the number of seven because Billy and Sheila had both moved out. And they had gotten married and had children of their own. At this point, I'm not sure exactly. I wasn't really exactly sure where I want to take a break. I think this is how I'm going to do it. So we have a letter here that was written shortly before the murders that was written by Becky to her children. And this kind of sheds light on the situation and how the family was feeling and just kind of the dynamics there. And then after I read this, I think we'll take a break. We'll come back and go through the gruesome shit on the second half. So, all right. Dear Bill, Renata, and Trey, Loretta may be staying in town Friday night, so I'll have her mail this. I've been thinking of all you said, Bill, and I know you are right. I don't want to live the rest of my life with Dad, but I'm still trying to figure out how to start. What if I couldn't find a job for some time? You have to remember I've never had a job since I've been married, or before that either. I now have to start somewhere. It would all be so much easier if it was just me, but I have three kids. Apparently she wasn't counting 17-year-old Loretta. Sorry. But I have three kids also by then. So if you want to do any checking by telephone, go ahead and check, and we can talk about it when you come. I've decided if I borrow from mom that I would have to send her that I would have her send it to you. I am still all very confused, but I, but like I said, I do know I don't want to stay with Dad, but I don't want him getting more than he deserves. Yet sometimes I feel God is telling me to be more patient. Right now, I'll just say, do some checking, and then it will help make my decision. I would like for Loretta to move with you after she turns 18. She wants to go to college and she can get a job too. I don't think San Antonio is the place for her. L. Jean, which is the Ronald Jean Simmons Jr. Like little Jean. That's what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, L. Jean and, Willie, and Wilma 
are back together, but they want to try it out and try to come get Barbara. I'm sure enjoying Barbara. She is a sweet, lovable, polite little girl. She is a good girl, and we all love her and enjoy her so much. She always has us laughing. I'm so proud of Trey. The last time you came, Dad wanted to know how come you didn't stay long enough to see him, too. Now that Elgin and Wilma are back together, I wish they could move from San Antonio. Barbara needs both her parents. They both been through so much. I hope it works out. I love them both. Wilma wrote me a letter telling me she loves Elgin very much, and she must. She went back to him, and I'm sure she has been hurt deeply. I want to see all my children happy. I've remembered a lot what you said, Bill. I'm a prisoner here, and the kids too. I know when I get out, I might need help. Dad has had me like a prisoner, that the freedom might be hard for me to take. Yeah, I know it would be great having my children visit me anytime, having a telephone, going shopping if I want, going to church. Every time I think of freedom, I want out as soon as possible. I don't want to put any burden on my children, and I think the best I think it's best while or before I get out too old. I want out that didn't make sense. And I think it's best while or before I get out too old. Okay. I want out, but it's the beginning. Once I get a job and place, then I can handle it. With the mental support of my children, I can do it. It was hard to talk in front of Elgin. He had been having it so hard, and his problems were deeply in his mind. I felt sorry for him. I was so afraid what he might go back and do. You are lucky, Bill. You have a very good wife. She had led you the right way, and that is toward God. She is very pretty, too. I've always thanked God for sending you a good wife. I'm thankful for Dennis, too. Give my darling Trey a lot of hugs and kisses for me. I love you all very much. Barbara gets bored if I take too long to write, so I hope I made sense in this letter. Hope Loretta can mail this Friday or Saturday on her way home. Love you very, very much. And then it says, P.S. You all look so nice when you came. Loretta had a great time. Renata, she talked a lot about it. So it just gives you a little insight, though, on how... Like, it was almost normal, but how she's like, I don't want to stay here, but... But what do I... I but mean, what do I do? And then she's been doing it for so long. It's the it's the, a very common cycle of abused women. Like, I want to leave, but what am I going to do if I leave? Yeah. And sometimes it's the threat of whoever they're leaving finding them. Sometimes it's just, I've never had a job because this person isolated me. Yeah, and there's it's, a ugh. lot of fear. I have children to take care of. How am I going to yep. feed them? Yeah, I don't know. Very sad, but I think that's where we'll take our break. And when we come back, we'll go into the sad part. I mean, it's Because it's sad. not sad yeah. enough already. <laughs> go into the sad part. <clears throat> All right. Well, I get bathroom first. We found our rest stop, folks. little shemmies thanks for tuning in while we were on our break i just wanted to let you guys know how you can get a hold of us if you wanted to send us an email with your spooky stories i'm still waiting for you to tell me those so i could tell them to you our email is ffsthepodcast at gmail.com we'd also love to hear from you on the various social media sites where ffs the podcast on instagram and on twitter and on Facebook, you can find us at E-F-F-E-D Up Storytime. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in. We love you, Shemmies. And uh, back to the show. 
just, <laughs> I just grabbed a bunch of everything. And I've got communal tater tots. Ooh, Ooh. communal tots. All right. Well, we are back from break. Hannah is on the floor because Ayo. the poor child is having back pain. <laughs> the sun. The yeah. sun is peeking out just now from behind the clouds. So that's nice. Here comes the sun. Doo, doo, doo. Here comes the sun. My sad is already I starting to set in. Me too. It's alright. The sad's coming. <laughs> Here comes the murder. Sad. Oh no. Seasonal Here affective comes disorder. The murder. Oh, I say it's not so alright. It's not alright. <laughs> it's not right. All right, we're going to jump right in. Sweet. So where we left off, Rebecca, Becky was thinking of leaving Ronald, which she had thought of many times, um, but she was talking to her children about it. Get out it. of there. Sheila had moved out, gotten married, and had kid of, a child of her own. Ronald was feeling very discouraged. He had had some mm-hmm. sexual advances, unwanted advances towards coworkers. There is even one point where... Um, he was accused of stalking. Senior, one girl. right? Yeah, senior. Okay. Yeah. So that's Not where LG. we left off. <laughs> Not little Jean. <laughs> Not El Jean. All right. So on the morning of December 22nd, 1987, Ronald Gene Simmons went to Walmart and he bought a 22 caliber gun. He then... <laughs> Sorry. Isn't it so great that you can buy fucking guns at a Walmart in this dystopian yeah. fucking Well, world nowadays we you're um, supposed to was... have to go through a waiting period. This was in the 80s, so... You can still get them at Walmart. You yeah, just you have to wait. But you Walmart. have to wait, though. Oh, okay. There's a waiting period. You can't check. buy it that day. They have to do a background, background check, check and all that. that. You couldn't just walk in like You can go to that... a gun show, though, and buy a gun though? for cash or with cash right there. No background check. They're supposed to, but they don't. Yeah. Is there what, rebels? Oh, is is that everywhere though, or is it state by state? Because I still think that I don't know. I'm not sure. I think there are some federal regulations that you have to do a yeah, background there are, check. There are federal background checks you have to do. I know a little because one of our friends, Rick, um, yeah. is a licensed firearms dealer, and so Chris would get his through him, and you have to. And like, and if he gets caught not doing it, like that's huge penalties for him. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Even as an independent, so like, if he went to a gun show and got caught not running it, yeah. All right. So, December twenty second, Ronald goes. He buys a gun oh, I like that. at Walmart. So after he bought the gun, he went back to his house. He shot his wife and he shot his oldest son, Elgene, oh, and then he strangled Elgin. his grand his three-year-old granddaughter that oh was Elgene's daughter, Barbara. Wow. Why? Couldn't that's... even shoot her. He didn't even have the fucking decency. Like, that's so personal, the yeah. strangle. Yeah. yeah, I think he also strangled his wife. Like, he shot her and then strangled her. Oh, but... Poor little Jean and little Barbara. I know. And then he waited. So then Ronald waited Becky, for the too, other... sorry. Poor, poor, yeah, poor Becky. She yeah. should have left a lot sooner. But then he Let's waited. Not victim blame now. No, no, you're right. Damn it. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. It's the time for Hannah to we, call out people. How about podcast. how about we wish she would have left sooner? <laughs> yes, that's that's. We good. wish she would have left. She, sooner. We wish she would have left sooner. After killing Becky, his oldest child, and his granddaughter, he waited for the other four children to come home from school. Ugh. When they did arrive, he told them that he had presents for them, and he told them to each 
go and wait for him to call them individually. So I believe they all went off like into their room and then he called them one by one and he killed them all in the same way, which was by strangling them and holding them underwater in a rain barrel. So they died either of strangulation or drowning. So this was all on the 22nd. He took the bodies of when he killed his wife and his oldest son and his granddaughter, he took those bodies and he dumped them in the cesspool, the cesspit. And then he waited, he drank and waited on the couch for the four kids to come home. And then when he killed them, I believe he put them in the cesspit too. Then on December 26th, the remaining members of the family showed up. So these were... Or no, that's like four days later. Four days later. After Christmas. Yeah, the day after Christmas, the family was coming to visit. And so this would be Sheila and her husband, Dennis, and their child. I think they had a child. Yeah, a 21-month-old child. And then Billy and his wife, Renata, and their 20-month-old child. So when they arrived, he shot them, killing both of them, and then strangled the children. So he did this when Billy... And, and Renata, when that family arrived, he shot Billy and Renata and strangled the, their child and then repeated it when Sheila and Dennis arrived, the same thing. And then he laid their bodies around him in the living room and he covered them with, with sheets, but he saved a special sheet for Sheila. It was like a, a pretty lace tablecloth because, you know, she was always Ugh. his favorite. So... Ugh. He did put the two kids in, like the babies, in a trunk because he had all these abandoned vehicles. And then he left and he went to a bar and he got drunk. And when he returned home, he watched TV and continued to drink beer with his dead family surrounding him. And then on the 28th of December, so this is two days after. So again, he's just sitting and they're drinking with these dead bodies in his backyard in the cesspit in the house with him and then on the 28th he drove into into the nearby town of russellville which is where he had had his jobs he didn't work in dover he worked in russellville which i may not have specified that earlier but he drove into russellville and he went he went to the office of peel and eddie's law firm and he shot Kathy Kendrick, 24-year-old secretary that worked there. And she was uh, a girl that he had been, like, stalking, that he had interest oh. in and had spurned his advances. And then he went to the Taylor Oil Company where he shot the owner, Rusty Taylor, who survived, and an employee, Jim Chaffin, who died. And I am not exactly sure why he <laughs> – but he had worked there, so he had some sort of a grievance probably with them. At this point, they called the police. Somebody had called the police uh, from the oil company. Uh, But Simmons was already on his way to his third destination, the Sinclair Mini Mart, where he had also worked. There he shot two employees who survived. So his last stop was the former workplace, the Woodline Motor Freight, where he shot Joyce Butts. And this was another woman that he had like inappropriate sexual advances. And I think that was part of the reason that he quit and, uh, and, or ended up, I think he kind of got forced out, but he, after he shot Joyce, he surrendered. So he surrendered to a secretary that was there in the building 
And he said, I just wanted to kill Joyce, just Joyce. So like he intentionally wanted to kill those specific people. It's not like he just went on a rampage killing. I think maybe random people were maybe caught in the crossfire. But it almost seems like he was like this person and this person. What about Loretta? Loretta was one of the four children. Oh, that was okay. at home. I thought she was already. No. <clears throat> so in the letter that Becky wrote, she said, the th- and I have three children to take care of. And then in parentheses, it said, presumably not, including Loretta, because she was 17 mm. and going to move out of the house soon, go away to college okay. and such. But she still lived in the home. So when he waited for the four children to arrive home, she was arriving home from high school. Gotcha. The other kids were arriving home from their various schools. Gotcha. Okay. So... And so it's interesting. I think he, I I don't have it written down here, but I do believe I heard in a YouTube video I watched about it that he killed Loretta first because she was oldest and probably the quickest to catch on. All right. So after he surrendered, the police came. He, like, he never really gave a reason. He's never really admitted, like, why he did it. But um, so it's all kind of speculation based on the circumstances. But he also admitted to it. He like pled guilty. They took him to trial. He was convicted. He waived his right to an appeal. And he actually is one of the fastest to go from conviction to execution in Arkansas's history because he waived all of his rights to appeal because he admitted it. He's like, I did it and I accomplished my goal. So. It almost makes you wonder why he just didn't kill himself. Yeah, if he, because like at that point, even if you plead guilty, you can still appeal so that you don't get the death penalty. So like, if yeah. his end goal was dying from the death penalty, anyways, why not just fucking kill yourself? I know we're not supposed to tell people to kill themselves, but <laughs> here it says here he refused to appeal his death sentence, stating to those who oppose the death penalty in my particular case, anything short of death would be cruel and unusual punishment. So he wanted Bro, do to do it die. yourself. Don't make the government pay yeah, for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, at least he didn't pretend and go through appeals yeah, and stuff and waste a bunch of time and energy <clears throat> and money and shit. So, yeah, that is the story of Ronald Gene Simmons, the family annihilator. He was not, he was convicted and put to death pretty quickly, got what he deserved there. Nobody knows exactly why. Everyone speculates it's because his kids were leaving him, Sheila left him, and then Becky was threatening to leave him. And he lost it. But he was obviously a troubled man. I mean, like, he was putting, right. like, sexual advances on other women and shit, too. And he had a chip on his shoulder, it sounds Ugh. like. I don't know. There you go. Vicky. Any questions? We have no time for discussion, if you would like. All I could think, though, was any questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <fucking> David Pumpkins. <laughs> oh, man. So... I feel, uh, I feel for the families. Yeah, the family. But icky. I mean that. Yeah, well, I don't understand why he felt like he needed to kill everyone. But it's that I probably that whole sense of feeling wronged. Yeah, like yeah. that warped sense of feeling like he's the victim. He's been wronged. People are leaving him. His kids but don't why stay to everyone, visit him. Though, yeah. Well, because well, to me, it feels like a power thing. A little yeah. bit, I and think, like yeah. the same reason that he would kill the women who spurned his advances. Like, I mean, that uh, I get, I get that. That feels well, and like 
and he had such power over his family for such a long time. And they like, finally well, started they finally, to reject it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he's watching, the you know, ones. his older kids leave. He's the probably thinking, he's probably shit. thinking they're just going to leave too. Everybody's just yeah. going to leave. Yeah. They're going to be the same as their parents were. Their siblings were. It's disgusting and gross. But like he already, I mean, Loretta, he knew she was leaving as soon as she could. I mean, yeah. like he's, it's that control and that anger at not being in control and not being the center. Yeah. I think. My yeah. armchair psychology there. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. Is it time to move on to things that don't suck? Things that don't suck. Things that don't suck. Ow! I felt like just going a little different today. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll start. You want to go? Go. Sure. Because my thing that doesn't suck was inspired by this story. I know that sounds weird. But at the end, when we were talking about being on death row and everything, it reminded me of this show I just watched on Netflix called Inside Man. And it's got Stanley Tucci and David Tennant in it. So it's amazing. But it's about this death row uh, prisoner who is a former chronology professor that people come and, and utilize his services to solve crimes for them. That's cool. And and a journalist comes to him because her friend has gone missing and no and the police aren't doing anything about it so she goes to this guy cuz she was writing a story about him already. And so oh, okay. she goes and asks for his help. Oh, that sounds cool. What's so it it's on? Good. Netflix. Cool. I'll so watch it. it. It's good. I enjoyed it. Nice. All right. Well, who else? Who's Me. Hannah. Um my thing that doesn't suck is said from the floor because the floor she's in horrible back does pain. Suck, uh, and it's my back. <laughs> it always sucks. Um, but my thing that doesn't suck is that James and I have been playing a game called It Takes Two. It's like a co-op game, takes co-op platformer, and it's cool. just been a lot of fun. And we're just hanging out and playing it, and it's really nice. It's fun having something new like that with your partner. Yeah, and it can get old and boring. You guys have been together for, like, what, five years now? Seven years. Seven years, Jesus. Yeah, Yeah, like, as long as Kyle and I have been together almost. (laughs) That itch is coming. (laughs) So bad. What's that mean? The seven-year itch. itch. I mean, he's going to cheat on me? Is that what you're insinuating? Or you're going to cheat cheat on on him. (laughs) It's just a saying, the seven-year itch. When y'all gonna get married? Fucking That's never. what I want to know. When y'all gonna have a party? Dude, you should for tax breaks. Yeah. I, I told him that if I get Ow. denied Medicaid, that we have to get married real quick so that I can get <laughs> on his insurance. I got shocked. <laughs> City Hall. Is that my chair? I think so. Yes. Sounds like a swing set. It's giving me flashbacks to happy childhood memories. Is that your thing that doesn't suck? That's my thing that doesn't suck. <laughs> my chair sounds like a swing set. From back in the late seventies, early eighties, it really does sound like it's. And it does, doesn't it? In a small town where they don't maintain their playground yeah. equipment as much, when, like El Dorado, Kansas. Yeah, I don't know what would swing. <laughs> I would sit out in the middle of the night, like I would like, okay, get ready for work in my old apartment. Get ready for work in the morning. Go out on the patio, have a cigarette. It'd be like three in the morning when I'd have to go to work, and I'd be sitting out there. It, it would be super super early in the morning like really really cold and i would hear like a swing set that's so cool and there had to have been something around that was like swinging or something but there would be no wind some nights it was a ghost kid and i would hear it i mean that'll be me i'll go back and swing when i'm a ghost if i can yeah 
Is that really your thing that doesn't suck? Yeah, I'm going to use that. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess that's Bell. you. My thing that doesn't suck is uh, One Piece. No, my thing that doesn't <laughs> suck is that. <laughs> my thing that doesn't suck is that uh, the reason I wasn't on the last couple podcasts is because Kyle and I were in a wedding. In a wedding. Kyle was in the wedding. Um, but we went to Reno to go to his like best friend's wedding. And it was really fun. It was really nice. Um, Reno's really cool. That's we cool. are talking less and less jokingly about moving there. I'm gonna miss you if you um, move. But yeah, it was really fun. It was really good. All of it's Kyle's friends drive were fun. <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> hopefully me one day. Yeah, hopefully you drive <laughs> yourself around. I don't know if she's moving to Reno, the mob. Yeah, there you go. Get a job Hell with yeah. the mafia. The mafia. Make them a, an offer they can't refuse. But um, yeah, that was my thing that doesn't suck. It was a fun weekend. Lots of new yeah. friends and that's cool. Sounds fun. Casinos and yeah, sweet. Oh. Right on. I guess then is it time for us to go? Yeah. Time for us to say goodbye. Goodbye, shemmies. Yeah. Any words of wisdom to our shemmies before we leave? Don't. Don't. Don't drink and drive. Don't drink and drive. Just don't. Make sure just to wipe don't. your butt. Just don't. Don't drive high. Yeah, just don't. Just don't. Sometimes. Don't have ankylosing spondylitis. It sucks. But also, <laughs> but also well, don't, don't do take 10. Colorado public transit because they'll just derail. True. <laughs> just don't. Don't drive just on don't. 6th Avenue after a us. snowstorm, apparently. Do. Well, you guys <laughs> do know, listen You guys us. know that the R train derailed in September. Again. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Did you know... That one of my coworkers, she just released her name to the public. She's always just been the woman who lost a leg. But she oh. was on the derailment in 2019 at the same place, oh, the no. same. It was the R line, same intersection where this one derailed. And oh, it was so bad when it derailed. When she was on it, she was thrown from the train and lost her leg. Oh, my God. I And so I already, I always knew, that, I mean, since I started, I knew she had an accident. And I didn't ask about it because that just felt weird. Yeah, because that's kind of rude. <laughs> but after. After the tw- September one happened, she decided to reveal her name and she did an, inter- an interview about the safety of the line and how yeah. how CDOT, even back then, made excuses not to update it because of the cost. I'm like, mm. what? A the- woman lost a leg. Well, yeah, and, no and now, cost. Is- and now three years later, it happened again. <laughs> and yeah. it's yeah. still... The most expensive public transportation in any major city yeah. across the United States. Yes. And that's not based on income. That is flat across the board. That's the, the f- most yeah. expensive, probably the least accessible. Yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe when I went to New York for the first time how cheap it was oh, it's so oh, to ride yeah. the subway. I was like, I was expecting RTD rates. I was yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, just catching a bus is expensive. Catching mm-hmm. the light rail out here, you know, I've bitched about it forever. We live in the Denver city limits, but because we are outside of the regional yes. bubble, I have to pay over 10 bucks for a round trip ticket just mm-hmm. to go downtown. Mm-hmm. And that she, just which, like with I'm no sorry. traffic you could drive to in like ten minutes. If George and I want to go downtown and park, we can park for less than twenty, and then we have our car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so so the like, biggest don't to gather from this podcast: don't fucking take RTD. Yes, <laughs> but we were saying goodbye is what we were doing. <laughs> so <laughs> sorry. Well, you said any words of wisdom? <laughs> don't biggest word of wisdom: <laughs> don't take public transportation and in Colorado. listen to <laughs> us, and then do listen to we us. We love you, Chef. Yes, we do. All right. 